You're listening to the Cannabis Investing Network. Before we begin, a short disclaimer. The full disclaimer follows at the end of this episode. This podcast is a general communication and is being provided for entertainment and information purposes only. It is educational in nature and is not designed to be a recommendation for any specific investment strategy, plan, feature, or other purpose. Please enjoy responsibly. Hello and welcome back to the Cannabis Investing Network podcast. My name is Manish and uh, what a interesting night, week, year it has been. Uh, first of all, nice to see you here, Abby. I you only doing? get Abby this time. <laughs> You've been building me up as the political correspondent to the White House <laughs> for the last three weeks on the Super Bowl night or day. Sorry, I can, I, get can I try again? <laughs> I would like to welcome to the podcast the author, the man who created the, the fifty thousand anchor of CNN, the man who created the fifty thousand missing ballots that they found at the last minute. <laughs> For some reason, when we cross-reference the handwriting, they're all the exact same. It's weird; they all dot their eyes with a little heart. Wait, you don't do that. <laughs> I, did you enjoy watching America, the series finale? Um, ha, ha, ha. No, I, I, I did. I did. I did. I thought, I thought it was um, – I'll be honest. This was, this was an election where uh, I've, I followed close. Actually, you and I were chatting yesterday, and you, know, you were like, oh, it looks like you're watching a reality TV show. Mm-hmm. Clearly, I was watching CNN at the time. I watched CNN probably from 4 p.m. Eastern last night mm-hmm. till about – 8 a.m. this morning. <laughs> no, like, really? I'm not even, well, I mean, like I slept. Okay. Like I woke up midnight, turned it back on. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You know, I, I watched throughout. Like I, I didn't. I wasn't up all night watching it. Um, but I would say I, I closely followed this election. Yeah, and, you and a couple of other people, I think. Yeah, I think there was a few others, <laughs> a few others who liked it. You know, a couple of wacky people who like like niche things like this. You know. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, what we want to talk about today is what's next. And, um, you know, it's Wednesday night here. Um, the ballots are still being counted. By the time this comes out tomorrow, uh, it's likely that they will have declared Joe Biden the winner. Um, and then the Trump campaign is going to contest. Yeah, and of course. We won't have a, we won't have a Right. A we, we probably won't yeah. have a clear winner yeah. for a while. Um, well, or, hold on. Before, before we continue, sure. one thing you and I were chatting about before, which mm-hmm. I think is hilarious and mm-hmm. I want to kind of share it with our listeners is oh that boy. on January 20th 2021 tr- let's say that Biden wins mm-hmm. tomorrow morning I don't think Trump is going to show up for inauguration how funny would that be I you You're know the first president mm-hmm. ever I mean you know what's great too is there's a there's a traditionally on inauguration day there's a meeting they have where um the old, the, the incoming president sits yeah. down with the outgoing president yeah. in, the, in the Oval. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. No, but in the Oval Office. Yeah. And like they, they, you know, this is always a thing that's like, this is bigger than po- politics. It's yeah. like handing the, con- and, the, and you know, I mean, you know, Bush and Obama, you know, Obama, Trump, right? I mean, uh, you can just imagine the Biden-Trump <laughs> meeting. So right? I don't even think I he's going to show up. <laughs> It's very possible. It's like, uh, look, look, today, uh, the conversation today, obviously, we're going to talk about the election. Uh, we got to talk about the best piece of news for the cannabis world, which is that we went five for five last night on the ballots. Um, and cannabis is clearly more popular than Trump, the Democrats, Biden, you name it, right? Uh, cannabis is clearly the most popular 
thing on the ballot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what's next, right? And it's going to take some time to digest what's going on. We don't even know the results yet, right? But um, so what today's episode about is about really is talking about some future scenarios, um, but also talking about the need to understand and embrace uncertainty and how as investors we should learn to deal with uncertainty, especially in the cannabis industry. So uh, we're going to go through essentially uh, some thinking, a couple of different scenarios um, that are sort of opposite scenarios, okay. and then you know how we how we think about the the different possibilities and and outcomes, mm-hmm. um, obviously related to cannabis, mm-hmm. and how as investors you responsibly manage your portfolio and prepare yourself for whatever the reality might be. Okay, so that's the idea. Is is Today we're not, you know, today there's still a lot of uncertainty in the air. There's but, probably more uncertainty today than there was yesterday. Uh, no, you know, I mean, we have a clearer idea now, right, of what's probably going to happen. Well, right? here, I'll, 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 I'll give my two sure. cents. Yesterday, mm-hmm. okay, this is the day before the election. Um, the day of the election. The day of the election right. or whatever. Let's say, let's, mm-hmm. let's, yeah, let's use the day of the election. <clears throat> Biden was going to win by a landslide. Okay. Okay. So there's a lot of certainty that you know Biden's going to be the next president. The election did not play out that way. It's neck and neck. Okay. So the polls yep. are absolute rubbish. Correct. And you know I've I've given you privately my disdain towards the polls. <laughs> um, I would probably cancel my Economist subscription after this. Just be like it's just it's 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 you're paying for anything, right? It's like small cap cannabis in 2017. It's totally analyst predictions. Exactly. But I will say. Uh, on polling, um, and by the way, last time we said, look, polling is inherently flawed in general, but when it comes to Trump, it seems to be really, really flawed. And somebody posted an article of uh, 538 explaining kind of what happened, and mm-hmm. that was a good article to, to and a video to look at. Um, but, you know, 538 Nate Silver, he came to prominence really in 08 and 2012 because he did a phenomenal job of predicting those elections just based on aggregating polling. Right and understanding the nuance of polling, and I think he went fifty for fifty in in oh eight. Oh, went, dude! And he yeah, went forty nine for fifty yeah. in twenty well, twelve. Right? The signal and the noise. Was that was that Nate Silver? Yeah. Okay. So obviously, guys know what he's doing. But th- last 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 time around, he failed horribly. This time around, failed horribly. Why? It's clear that for whatever it is about Trump, um, supporters either don't answer the polls or they don't want to admit that they like Trump in the polls. Right. But we always say here, you got to give credit where credit is due. Um, even though it looks like Trump is lost, I think this, what he was able to accomplish, making this such a tight race, um, it, it's, it speaks to the strength of him as a candidate. Because I don't know how many people, I don't know how many presidents could win re-election or even come this close to it with 9% unemployment, uh, you know, the worst economy we've ever seen, right? I mean, several times worse than 08. I mean, the things that were stacked against him, you know, in the last few days, he was doing five rallies a day, mm-hmm. right? And he wasn't able to do that for a big, for, you know, the two weeks of the campaign because he had COVID, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, so many things were stacked against him and yet he almost eked out a win here. Mm-hmm. Um, and while I'm sure I'm going to disagree 
with how he handles this loss and the things he's going to do. And we're going to talk about that later, how that might impact the markets. Yeah. I have to give the props of the fact that this guy against all odds almost won this election. Listen, look, never count the guy out. We talked about it last time. Never count the guy out. He He's like a freight train. He just doesn't stop. Um Anyways, we'll see how well, let's let's carry on. We'll yeah. see how the election comes keep out rolling. tomorrow. It's at, at the time of recording. Mm-hmm. It's pointed to a Biden win. Right. Who knows? Tomorrow, do you have to maybe, after this? Do you have to go back to work and make more ballots? Or well, I got to make sure that Kanye gets a very very fair representative. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> well, look, Yeezy's paid me a lot of money. So Jesus. I got to make sure. Yeah, I got to make sure he gets up there. Yeah. You know? Okay. I yeah, got you. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> we as investors need to learn to see the various possibilities, okay? And one of the things that I've seen, one of the fatal flaws of investors is this tendency to think in in binaries. One or zero. This is going to happen. This is not going to happen, right? And what we're living through right now with this election is such a great example of the fact that you never know what's going to happen. Right. Last episode, if you, if you remember, I was very excited about the potential for a large blue wave because that would flip a lot of Senate seats. And if the Dems got the Senate, it was a real green light for cannabis. Right. We were going to probably see a lot of acceleration of that uplisting of that legalization, the States Act, whatever. Right. Um, that doesn't look like it's going to be the reality. We're not getting the Senate. Right. The Senate's going to remain. The presidency will come. You'll have the you know the House, but you won't have the Senate. Right. So which was the biggest thing? Which was always the biggest impediment. That's what stopped the Safe Act so far, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know, if if you think about last night or the you know yesterday or how we had to plan going into the election, Mm -hmm. um, this was not the outcome that we wanted, but not the outcome that we thought was going to happen, right? And so the point is. Things are uncertain. Things can change. You never know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's not a good idea to um, think about things as a one or a zero. Either it happened or it didn't happen, right? If I flip a coin in the air and I call heads and it lands heads, I'm not a genius, right? I, you have to plan for the coin falling heads and you have to plan for the coin falling tails. Or middle. <laughs> 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 I, I don't know where you're going with the, with, with, with the coin analogy, but we, we don't need an analogy to tell the listeners you're not a, you're, you're not a genius. We, we That's know. true. We, That's we We've got hours of recordings yeah, <laughs> for them to listen to. <laughs> no, exactly. But no, I, I, I get what you're saying, that um, it's not a binary outcome. It's not mm-hmm. a one or a zero. There's infinite number of possibilities that could possibly happen. But as investors, what we like to do, because we always talk about opportunities, and I like you prefaced this earlier in the podcast, we also talk about uncertainties. And a lot of people don't talk about uncertainties. They only talk about opportunities. Right. right? And so, you know, maybe that should be our slogan, the Cannabis Investing Network, opportunities and uncertainties. Right. Um, and so, and, and you're right. And uncertainties are never, what if this happens? What if this doesn't happen? Okay. It's what if this happens? What if this happens? Well, what if a combination of A and B occurs? Right. It's not like, you know, in cannabis, well, what if New Jersey flips and New Jersey doesn't flip? It's okay, fine. Okay. New Jersey flips. Then what do you guys do? Who else is come, coming in? Who else is doing this? Those are the questions that we sort of ask. So it's not binary. It's definitely not binary. In capital markets, when when companies are public, it seems binary. Mm-hmm. And the reason it seems binary is because a lot of people will look back at what happened 
and say with certainty and conviction in their voice, well, this occurred because A happened, this occurred because B happened, this occurred because C didn't happen, which right. may not necessarily be the truth. Right, right. And and a lot of people will, after the fact, look back and say, well, I knew X, Y, and Z was going to happen. You'll hear a lot of that. Um, and, you know, even just us as people, we're so good at lying to ourselves. Oh, for sure. Being like, oh, I knew this was going to happen. I knew this was going to happen. Like, you'll hear people now who, who you know, we're buying uh, stocks mid COVID saying, well, I knew this was going to, you know, I knew the market was going to come back. Right. Like, hold on, hold on, right. hold on. Because not, I'm not I saying was, you. I know, I know, I'm not I saying know. you, but I'm saying, hold on. I'm pointing at you, but I'm not <laughs> saying you. Cause I will say like in that isolated example, like most people I would have, I don't know. Anyways, I, my whole thing was do not discount all the world leaders. That's why I went all in. Right? No, no, no. During but that's, COVID. that's different. You, you traded, you took a risk, but also the way your strategy was to get in, you made some money, you got out. Yes, I did. Right. Yeah. That's, you were playing your game, right? Yeah. What I'm saying is when you look back on it, you're probably like, oh, I took a risk. You know, I had, I caught a good wave. I made some money. That's not what I tell people. Like, I knew this was going to happen. Right. You wrote a book on it. Right. Exactly. <laughs> How to make exactly. money in the worst economy in the world. Exactly. That's exactly. But what I'm getting at is, I don't know if you, do you ever watch the show Community? Yeah. I love the Community. So there's a there's an episode where, um, you know, they're all sitting around playing a board game and um, a, a pizza is at the door and uh, they decide to roll a die, a die, a single die to see who's going to get it. Right. Right. And the idea is, okay, if it's one, it's the first person to, so- uh, it shows six different scenarios. It shows six or, different realities where what happened if this happened. Well, know, parallel universes. Exactly. Yeah. So it showed that's the whole premise of the episode. They show the six parallel realities, actually seven parallel realities, of what happened in that episode. Right. So um, that is actually a great way to think about how hard and complex investing is. Because not that you have to think about seven eventualities for everything, but- but that really, you know, life and investing is a lot about luck and, and about fortune and the roll of the die. So, you know, you might have made some bets before the election, right? Thinking that, hey, the blue wave is upon us. So if I buy, you know, I better buy every single cannabis stock out there um, because if this thing flips blue, I'm going to make all this money. Right? Yeah, if you have unlimited funds, that makes sense. If you have sure, but or even just in general, if you feel really strongly that that's going to happen, mm-hmm. right? You feel like that's a ninety-five. And by the way, Nate Silver was saying seventy-five percent chance that the Senate flips, right? Not even close, right? So the point is that when you have, when you're planning for the future, you need to try to see the different outcomes, right? And some outcomes are, uh, you need to try to ask yourself how likely is an outcome. And how impactful is an outcome, right? If, if an outcome is very unlikely, like a global pandemic, um, but the- black swan. Highly, the, right. Uh, highly improbable, yeah. R- highly improbable, <clears throat> but also highly impactful, right? Highly sure. improbable, but highly impactful. Sorry, sorry highly yeah. unlikely, but highly impactful, right? That's something that you can't necessarily sit there and plan for everything. It's impossible to quantify that. Right, right. But if I could paint a picture- Right. What I'm getting to with this is, you know, yesterday, while we we're kind of waiting for the polls to close and I was just thinking about the future. Right. And I had two very distinct possibilities, uh, two very different scenarios in my head. OK. Mm-hmm. The first was we're about to see a blue sweep. Biden wins 
He brings the Senate with him. Okay. Institutional capital is lining up to get into this industry. One institutional investor just did an 80 million US dollar deal to buy into GTI. That happened just a couple days ago, okay. right? Another uh, institution knocked on Columbia Care's door and gave them $20 million US unsolicited mm-hmm. to take on some debt, to give them basically debt, okay? So you've got two institutions pre-election in the US who knocked on, went looking for those guys and cut them checks. Mm-hmm. Now you get a blue sweep, you get Biden, you get the Senate. Well, you don't have a blue sweep. No, no, no I'm, I'm telling you, oh, okay, okay, this yeah, is yeah. M- what I was thinking yesterday, right? Right, okay, right gotcha. pre any results. Gotcha, right? okay. Um, the taps just turn on. New Jersey flips, right? New York is coming with it next year, we think, we hope, right? Yeah. Pennsylvania is hopefully not too far behind, okay? Right. Now you've got the NASDAQ within sight, right? You've got the up list- listing within sight. The paradigm changes. You've got all the lights when you're looking down are going green. Sounds pretty bullish, right? Very bullish. It's the most bullish thing I've ever heard on cannabis. So I'm sitting there thinking, how do I not have every single dollar invested in these names? Because, you know. Well, because you're sitting next to me who is trying to tell you that do not discount Trump. That's true. That's true. But but this is just what I'm getting at. Like the, the, you look at the numbers in the polling. It says there's a I think it was a 90 percent chance of Biden winning and a 75 percent chance of the Senate flipping. Um, you know, so I'm thinking about all this, the blue sweep. the bull- mm-hmm. So that has me feeling very bullish. Right. OK. Now. Off the same idea, same results, not even changing the results of the election, I have a second scenario that I'm thinking about, Mm -hmm. okay? Trump loses. He, uh, let's say, is not the most gracious loser. (laughs) He gets his supporters excited, right, on Twitter, on Mm -hmm. whatever, right? We have potential civil unrest, we right, can we, test the results. The law firms that he's hired has mm-hmm. already, they've already started, lawsuits are already being filed right now. Right, but litigation is one thing, right? Yeah. But civil unrest and people with, you know, who are heavily armed causing disruption in the streets is a s- separate thing, right? Like, obviously very different, you know, people filing court papers is different from people. Yeah, I mean, but like, look, listen, like, this is, okay, look, this I'm, is I'm just giving you a possible, like, what I was thinking. Right. Okay, yeah. I just want you to understand that. Sure. So, so, you have that layer of, you know, negative outcome. Okay, so that so that plus uh, this idea of a very dark winter ahead, right? COVID continues to numbers continue to go through the roof. Uh, no matter who's president next mm-hmm. year, is going to have to deal with a mess of this stuff. A mess, right? Right of COVID numbers. Do you shut down? Do you not shut down? You know, how far do you take it? How much support do you give people? Nobody wants to deal with this. This is this is a really tough issue, okay? Reality setting in. The vaccine is not really coming in weeks. It actually takes longer to get here, right? We need to distribute it. We're not getting a vaccine in January, I don't think, right? In this reality, right? Very hard on businesses, especially small businesses. Maybe investors start to get spooked again, right? Like they did, maybe not not nearly as bad as the last time, but just a 5-10% correction. Right. Just just which would not be unreasonable. Things cooling off, reality setting in, flipping the switch, flipping from being optimistic or euphoric to being realistic and a little pessimistic. Right. Equity markets take a hit. 
where does cannabis land in all of this? Probably still subject to the broader equity markets. Hundred percent, right? <clears throat> if not more so, like it's it would, it would, volatile asset. What class. I mean by that, yeah, what I mean by that, it was get it would get hard. It would get hit harder than the broader markets. Probably right, as we typically see with cannabis. How does that make you feel? That anecdotal hypothetical situation. That hype, yeah. That that just theoretical situation. I mean, look, it's 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 theoretical, but it's a grim possibility. Um, it's I'll give grim. You my two cents after. Just to finish the idea, so that had me feeling really bearish. Like, hey, if there's a dark winter, if we have civil unrest, if we have equities getting corrected, right? If we have prolonged COVID, which I believe we will have, and, and economic hardship, that's probably not good for the stock market. No, exactly. Right. So, just to finish the thought, the whole idea of this episode is. Yesterday, before a single, you know, result was in, I was kind of, this is all, by the way, both of these scenarios assume that Biden wins, right? And and even if you have a blue sweep, whatever, whatever. But it just goes to show you in terms of, I was holding both of these ideas in my head at the same time, right? I was holding both of these possibilities of mm-hmm. an amazingly mm-hmm. bullish blue sweep and a very bearish dark winter of and 2021. Okay. Right? What I'm getting at is that as investors, this is part and parcel of what we have to do. We have to, not necessarily elections, but just in general, we have to think about things in terms of different possible outcomes and how they may unravel and what that would mean for us as investors. For sure. And I think you did a good job by going more in depth than most people would in terms of that investment. But one thing that um, I didn't hear in your your uh, scenarios there, which is, um, I think I talked about it a couple episodes back, and this is this is sort of what I've been predicating my entire portfolio based off of, and it's playing out, which is it wasn't going to be a blue sweep. Mm-hmm. I don't. I I always said it doesn't matter which candidate wins. Sure, right. The results are getting contested. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Regardless, mm-hmm. civil unrest is highly probable. I don't think that's in either direction. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I always said, okay, I don't care if it's the red M M&M and M or the blue M and M. Sure. It's still M and Ms at the end of the day. Sure. Okay. We've got civil unrest. I don't care if it's the blue guys or the red guys who are going crazy. Nonetheless, it's still destruction. It's still media coverage. It's still havoc that's happening. Mm-hmm. One step further down, there's Z- COVID is still happening. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm assuming all the protests are masks. There's social distancing. Uh, not allegedly. Come on, let's be real. <laughs> it's been like nine months. You and I are not still out back in the studio. Let's go back. They're going to turn COVID off after the election, I heard. I mean, I hope so. I really hope so. Like I've, I have I COVID Gates, fatigue. Gates told me he's going to He's going to turn it down a little bit. I, the water tasted a little funny. I'll, <laughs> I'll give you that. I'll give him that. Let's go one step further. So we got we got COVID going on. We don't have any stimulus. Um, and with zero stimulus, the markets have been really shooken up li- lately. So people who are watching, if you're watching the broader markets, they've done poorly. Now, I've been under this belief that, okay, the candidate who wins is, regard- it does, it's, it's not, it doesn't matter. Next step down, civil unrest. Next step down, no stimulus. 
which is well, what, what, political gridlock. Yeah. I mean, that's your sure. point, right? And then, yeah. So if, exactly. if you're fighting over who's president, you're not passing right. a stimulus bill. And in the history of the United States, never once has been a, a, a has, has there ever been where they didn't think a president was, sorry, never once has there ever been a political, political gridlock in the sense of political instability in terms of the presidency. Okay. Even with the Bush Gore, Bush I think Gore. in 2000. Yeah. That was only about three weeks, I think. I think they caved in after in like December. Yeah, I mean it, it. It doesn't matter. There was a president that was inaugurated. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Right. In January. Yeah. yeah that's of what, that's all yeah, that matters. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter from now to the end of the year. Like they could. This is what this is what the buffer room is for. It's for that that time for them to to decide who's going to become president. All I'm saying right now, though, we're in a weird situation. We're in your situation. What I didn't hear happen, um, <clears throat> and it's not saying mine's right, yours is right, whatever. Um, I think that from now till the end of this year, mm-hmm. okay, so look, I've been in capital markets for a long time. 2020 is done, okay? Up until American Thanksgiving, there will be a lot of activity. After American Thanksgiving, which is the last Thursday in the market, people then start getting Christmas goggles. When you have Christmas goggles, you start thinking about your vacation, et cetera. I don't know. This year might be a little bit different. Right. But usually after American Thanksgiving, you've got about a week or two weeks after that. The markets are done. There's a limited amount of time left in this year. Yeah, one week general. before. Yeah, one week before Christmas, it's sure. done. Okay. After Christmas, you're done. So I think up until the end of the year, we're not going to see this golden parachute come out where the Fed's going to pump a bunch of money. And I could be wrong. I could definitely be wrong. Oh, and, you oh know, stimulus. You're saying a stimulus package? Because right. look, I think we've proven now every other scenario that I've like sort of outlined, whether it's social unrest, if the Fed steps in and says we're going to print. X billions of dollars, the markets are going to do just fine. Yeah. Well, they can't, like the Fed can't stop civil unrest. But last time we had those, you know, civil unrest, the markets didn't really move. Exactly. That was in early June. Exactly. And the markets, and remember, if you remember, that was the podcast where I came on and I said, no moss. Like, all right, I'm done being a bear. If if nothing can move the market downwards, and, and this is part of where this, the genesis of this episode comes from is you have to keep asking yourself what next. And, but the bigger question is, okay, you think, can think of all these different scenarios, but what does that actually mean for my portfolio? Well, so that's what I was going to ask. What what next? Sorry. What next? I think Q1 2021 is going to be, um, again, look, I I don't mean to speak with such conviction, but Mm -hmm. I would anticipate cap like this, the fed stimulus to be in place. I'm also anticipating now, an now, actual now, president. Sorry, when you're saying Fed stimulus, are you talking about the Federal Reserve that can just act unilaterally, or are you talking about uh, like fiscal stimulus, like actual pol- something they have to pass? Uh, a little from both. So fiscal stimulus to get the money in. Um, I mean, look, look, the Fed's out of bolts in their chamber, right? They already have zero percent interest rate. I don't know what else they can do. I don't think they're going to go to negative yields. No, 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 they could just keep buying, like you know, they're buying how they buy the corporate debt and keep the market. That's flowing. unprecedented. That just happened. Yeah, yeah, but that that helps the stock market. It helps the companies, but it doesn't help the average people. Right. It doesn't get money in the people's hands, right? I yeah. I, look, I don't. I don't think this is going to be about getting money in the people's hands right God, now. Like it's, it's we're just at a market. Po- we're at a point where this is like actually scary. Mm-hmm. Like, look. As Canadians, um, we were like, like America is a leader of the free world. Mm-hmm. Okay, like democracy is being challenged here. Mm-hmm. Like, just let that sink in. Mm-hmm. Democracy is being challenged here. There's a global pandemic going on. Mm-hmm. So okay? I heard, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, so CNN would have you believe, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, with all that, 
Um, we need something. And so anybody who's been an investor for long enough realizes that capital flocks towards stability. And the two scenarios that I've outlined for you are uncertainty and instability. Capital does not flock that way. It just doesn't. It right. doesn't. Okay. Right. In order to get money back on the table, mm -hmm. you need to provide, I always say, why do people invest? They invest for liquidity, right? Or why do people, what, well, sorry. <laughs> what? <laughs> why do companies go public? For liquidity. They, for liquidity. And how do people mostly invest? They invest in the capital markets. So liquidity is the most important thing, in my opinion, in capital markets. Okay. If you can alleviate that risk, which the Fed can do by pumping in more money, then I think we'll see capital come back. And I think we'll see a rebound in January. I, 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 I don't think that's out of the question. And listen, there's pundits on CNN, oh, sorry, on CNBC. There's pundits wherever they have. This isn't an Pund original Pundits thought. right in this room. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> there isn't. Uh, there, this isn't an original thought. This is something that has been uh, articulated by a lot of people. I okay. just pieced together things that I've liked, um, but, and this but, is where I think the scenario. Sorry, what is to. the bottom line though? I'm not sure I understand. Civil unrest. Okay, I civil got unrest. That. I think the rest of the year, the we years, have a lot of high not volatility. a lot of term, not a lot of time left in the year. Right. So what happens? So if anybody's if anybody's in looking to invest, mm -hmm. I would say, if you're looking to invest, look, listen, you might miss out on some upside, but this is it comes at the cost of this. If you're looking to invest, let's say 10,000 bucks, put 5,000 in now, wait, keep your other 5,000 until January. See what happens in January and start buying in around then. That's what I'm trying to say. Because I think there'll be um, added stimulus that comes in in January. I think we'll have an actual president that comes in in uh, January, whether it's Trump, whether it's Biden, who knows, but there will be a definitive leader of the free world. Um, and then the last thing that um, I was talking about, I think a lot of the civil unrest hopefully will be addressed. So so just to close off, I want to make sure I understand. Civil unrest, possible uh, negative on the market. So, sorry, civil unrest. We might not know who a president is. Possible negativity on the market. Oh, sorry, before that is the Fed stimulus that we need and then or stimulus that we need. And then the last is the negative impact on the market. But but going into the end of the year, a lot of negativity. This, like, I a lot think of, is a lot of negative, negative things. Yeah. But bouncing back in Q one once we get some stimulus yeah. going and once we get people back to right. work, once people people are out of the holiday mindset, there's a lot going on. Okay. This year, but right? the conclusion though is in terms of how like so the so what factor yeah. is make sure you have cash on hand. Or don't spend all your money, you know, don't invest all your money today. Dip your toe in the water before right. jumping in with two feet. Right. Okay, great. So this is a good point because there's a so what factor to all this because people love to talk politics. Uh, people love to talk theories. Um, you know, once upon a time in a different life when I used to play a lot of video games, um, you know, there's a, there was a word called theory crafting. And that was where people would, you know, think about the game so hard they would, they would you know, write up these theories and think, you know, do all this kind of paperwork to think, right. And, um, so, so it can be a little bit addictive to even just think about all these different scenarios it can be kind of fun. Right. But there's a, so what factor to it as an investor, what do we actually do about it? Right. And I look at it just in the simplest kind of terms. Um, and I'm very humbled by having lived through, you know, that down of the of COVID and that up that huge crazy recovery. Well, hold on. Let's rephrase that. You're very humbled. Yeah. Missing or sorry, no, no, participating no, no. in the humbled. down. Oh, I participated, but you <laughs> said the down. Missing on the up. I am humbled for ha for have doing the exact opposite <laughs> for like almost almost you know what would uh, you know if you were trying you probably couldn't have lost 
you know, missed out on more opportunity than I did. Right. So very humbled from this idea of like, look, you might have a crystal ball and you might figure out the thing exactly that's going to happen. Um, but it doesn't mean you'll find out how to make money on it. Right. So that level of humility makes me say, okay, am I appropriately hedged for this scenario? And if you are a, you know, retail shareholder, right, or retail investor like us, um, your level of hedging is really, there's only two things you can do really, right? Sit in cash. You either sit in cash, yeah. that's your risk mitigation, or you, you're invested in common stock, right? Or maybe it's a private, but let's just say common stock. Well, some people do private. options, warrants. We talked about that. Sure. We, do, we don't. We sure. Don't, so. But but that's that would just be common stock, but a little further along on the risk curve, right? Mm-hmm. So cash is the safest thing you can hold. And then, you know, there then you have equities and then you can move further along the risk curve, right? But let's just use, you know, equities and cash for this example, right? So the outcome, you always need to be asking yourself, um, first of all, you need to look at your portfolio as a whole, right? And include the cash in that portfolio. You have to include your cash. And the first question to ask yourself is if stuff hits the fan, how much cash do I need to live my life, you know, for the next 12 months, let's say, right? Um, and that's the position we were in in March where people started saying, holy crap, if I can't work for the next three months, I don't have enough cash to live my life. And then that started the whole cycle of, you know, cash calls and li- and liquidity and et cetera, et cetera, right? Um, so that's the first question. Do you have enough cash for your life, right? Then what's the cash left over you can invest with? And then how much do you have in the markets and where is it, right? Right. So this was the calculation I was doing, um, th- you know, thinking that there was going to be a big blue wave and all this green lights for cannabis. And mm-hmm. we'll, we'll talk a little bit later about, you know, what, what we think might actually happen. But uh, thinking that to be the scenario, um, I was like, you know, when I suddenly w- had almost all cash, I was like, hey, like I'm really missing out here, right? If, if, if this scenario happens where, you know, you have all green lights and I have, I'm not holding anything, I'm going to feel like a real idiot, right? So that, so that made me say, okay, I have to find a way to get into the market, but I'm going to do so carefully, right? And I'm going to pick my spots. And that actually drove me to kind of have a have a position in GTI because I said, look, you know, normally, you know what I do? I find value, right? But I said, I want a big four name that I have a decent position in because if if things double after election day, cannabis specifically, right? I want to make sure that I'm not on the outside looking in with all cash in my hand. Okay. Right. But I didn't want to go crazy either because I still believe in general, the market is, you know, quite pumped up. So that's the calculation I kept doing. If things go off a cliff negatively, do I have enough cash? Right. Will I be in a a position where I have enough, I can actually deploy cash and still have some cash. Right. Mm. If things go to the moon, Am I able, am I, do I have enough invested that I'm participating in the upside? Right. Okay. And to close the point, generally what I find is that this, the Goldie, the Goldilocks sweet spot is, um, when you're not happy in either direction, you know? So if, if you look at your thing and you're like, Oh, I've got, I've got some, but I could have more. 
I'm not going to make as much money as I wanted to. That's probably a good sign. That probably means you're, you're hedged. Same thing on the cash side. If you go, yeah, you know, I, I wish I had a little more cash, right? Like you, you, you kind of like when you're in the middle and you're like, ah, if I win, I won't win huge, but I'll win. Okay. And if I lose, right. I have enough cash. Maybe I want a little bit more, but I, ha- I have enough that I can deploy. Yeah. That's kind of a comfortable medium I find. Okay. Um, I, I, I look at, I look at investing from a completely different lens than you do. Please. Um, to go back on, onto your thing. Yes, you're right. Cash balance is very important. I'm very terrible at managing cash positions, um, in, in my portfolio. And the reason why is that when I do invest my cash position, I, I don't really factor that in terms of a percentage. So there are times where I'll be like, you know, two to zero percent in cash yeah um and then there'll be times like right now i'm like 80 to 95 percent in cash but mm-hmm. hold on i because you have a condo well no no so i mean i did the condo now i've been it, that was like a month and a bit ago mm-hmm. so i've been sort now of building, building up, up my cash reserve. Again. yeah i yeah. haven't deployed yet and the reason i haven't deployed was because i was waiting for this election um and this is something that you will you, you love to talk about is about sentiment um Sentiment was at an all-time high when I started building my reserve. Sentiment is at an all-time low. This is a great time, in my opinion, to start deploying. But again, I outlined what I think is going to happen with the civil unrest, the non, the, the geopolitical—it's not the geopolitical, sorry—the uh, the political uncertainty, uh, and then the lack of stimulus for the rest of the, and then given the timing for the rest of the year. Um, I uh, again, my strategy is if if there is an attractive opportunity, which there are a couple that I've looked at, um, only put half the amount of money that I want to put in now, and then put the rest. Put put the other half in January as a way to hedge. Yeah. So, I mean, again, the idea being you have enough cash. Right. But, I mean, let's say, assuming everything goes my way, I'll say by February I'll have zero, zero in cash again or maybe like 1% in cash again. Yeah. So, I would, I would suggest to you. Um, Keep 10% in cash. and I, I don't know 90. what the number is, right? It ultimately depends to what that. Like it's easy to talk percentages, but it depends what the actual dollar figure is too, right? Because if somebody has a thousand bucks, you know, we talked about this before, it's sometimes hard to cut that up too small, right? Because mm-hmm. it just, it, you lose too much in trading fees and whatnot, right? But in in general, right, um, things in general are not like a screaming buy necessarily right now, right? So um, but just pick your spots, I guess, right? Like look at look at what's ahead of you. Look at where you think things are going. Um, and also like understand that we're, we're at a point right now where there's been a lot of buildup to this election, obviously. But in terms of cannabis, right, there's a lot of news that's coming out right now and will continue to come out over the next uh, probably two to three weeks because we've got a lot of earnings reports ahead of us. The earnings reports will probably be very good, uh, especially for the for the large MSOs. Because their core markets have performed phenomenally well. Illinois has done exceptionally well. Pennsylvania has done exceptionally well. Um, Florida's actually a little bit flat, funny enough. So I'm curious to see if we see a flat-ish quarter out of TrueLeaf. Okay. Uh, I, I mean, TrueLeaf knows what they're doing. So Kim will find a way to squeeze every dollar of EBITDA out of that, you know, out of that flat-ish quarter. Um, and I'm sure she'll, but it won't look as good as my prediction. It won't look as good as what Curaleaf and GTI and Cresco have to show. That's okay. my feeling. Um, but what I've seen is, you know, if you if you just dial it back to Q2, um, if you dial it back to Q2, 
after that Q, you know, there's a lot of buildup and the Q2 results came out and there was so much energy and money flowing in and then slowly it kind of faded away. Right. So, so one of the things I'm, I'm realizing is, you know, how ADD we often are as investors, right? And, and I think it's possibly just how the world is today and how the market well, investors, is. I mean, yeah, investors in, in, in like even in history, I've mm-hmm. always gone to the, the nearest shiniest object, right? I think it's getting worse though. I think it's getting worse because of With like the Twitter and raw and just you know investors, especially in cannabis. Investors are typically younger, right? Mo- like a lot of the cannabis skews uh, to younger people in terms of the industry and the investors and whatnot. Right. And um, you know, I mean, I've I've talked to people where. You know, I, I, you know, my classic thing is I go, I think this is a good one to two year hold. Right. Right. And then three months later, I'm like, oh, I'm out. (laughs) You know, right. So it's like, I'm trying to teach myself the patience. Right. Of, uh, and that's why I always say, I I feel like I do better on the privates because I'm forced to hold. Right. I put the money in and I I change my mind. It's too bad. I, I have to sit there and hold it. Right. So in terms of what's next you're probably going to see some really bullish stuff coming out of the MSOs. That's great. That's very real. I'm happy to see that. Um, you know, don't don't jump into the FOMO and just, you know, buy it up, especially as it's going up. Like, right. take a deep breath. You know, if you have all cash, yeah, you probably need to have something invested. But there's a very real possibility from here like this will be the Q3 results. We won't get the Q4 results, like the full year results, probably until March or April because they have to do the audit, right? So that's a, that's a long time. That's four months of, you know, a lot of stuff that can happen, mm-hmm. right? A, a down markets, people freaking out, people selling. A lot of opportunity ahead of us. A lot of opportunity. I, I, unequivocally, I unequivocally agree with you. When there's when when you mentioned there's a lot of uh, opportunity ahead of us, and I think a lot of people, look, I think there's a lot of trepidation right now, um, and I think a lot of people just need to take a breath and realize that okay, look, I'm not investing for the next one two weeks. I'm investing for the next, you know, four, six months. Who knows what whatever your time horizon more, sure. more or less is, right? I just chose four and six months as I was saying. And I'm like that's still short term. Yeah, <laughs> you're but, like you're like something crazy something long, insane, like six like, months. Oh, yeah. Think about but, six months ago. But for some, <laughs> yeah, but for some people, six months is a really, really long time. I'm not this knocking year, that. Six, six months is a long time. I'm not knocking that, right? That If that's your horizon, it is what it is. Yeah, you right? got to just be, you got to be more strategic with I, it. I find it's easier to be right if you can, if you have time on your side, right? This is what actually Institutional Neil told me. He's like, when I was asking him about cannabis, he's like, this is a deal and remember, this guy does everything, right? Uh, but he, he goes, in cannabis, time is our friend. Time is on our side. And he said, I like investments where time is on our side, right? You compare that to, you know, if, if you, there's a lot of investments, um, you know, maybe a COVID investment, for example, right? Uh, time is probably not your friend, right? Three years later, that COVID stock is probably not doing as well. Yeah. Right, because it's it's kind of have the bump and, and you, it's about getting in early and then getting out. Yeah, we might not need PPE. Who knows, right? Yeah, PPE used to mean plant property and equipment, but now it means personal. <laughs> Never equipment. again. Yeah, yeah. Not, not anymore. Uh-huh. So, so uh, I wanted to get some questions here at the end, but um, we'll talk about ballot initiatives next time. I think as we talk, as we digest what's next, kind of uh, with the election. Yeah. But just high level, 
passed five out of five ballots. We're going to see rec cannabis in four new states and medical cannabis in Mississippi. I mean, look, damn. Look, so this is this is very exciting stuff. Let's just talk about you know our top pick mm-hmm. um, that you would think is the best way to play this going forward. Sure. So first of all, let me just go through the actual state numbers because I think this is interesting. So sure. Arizona, uh, it won 60-40. Uh, nobody's really talking about this yet, but I think this will become a big topic. I think putting Rec on the ballot in Arizona won Biden Arizona. Like he's winning Arizona by less than 100,000 votes, depending on you know when you look. That's the medical population. <laughs> but he, but But cannabis won by 500,000 votes. And, you know, we know, although it's a bipartisan issue, typically it's Democrats who like it more. I think this, uh, you know, I said before, it's about getting your people out to the polls, right? Mm -hmm. I think this is a motivating factor to get some people to the polls. And I think this helped tip, you know, in such a tight race, I think this helped tip the election. And I think when they do a postmortem on this thing... um, Just so everybody knows, Manish is my ghostwriter (laughs) on my political books. (laughs) I think when they look back on this thing, I do think they will say, like, this made a difference, right? And when you have such a tight race. Yeah, of course. Anything could have made a difference in that. And that's that's a very topical, timely issue mm-hmm. that could motivate people to go out to the polls. Absolutely. People care about weed. For sure. People may not care about anything else, but they yeah. care about weed. So here's another thing that stuck with me. Here's what I, my big takeaway. Uh Arizona technically, by the way, passed with 59.8%. Okay? I said 60, but it's 59.8. Why does that matter? Because if you're on the Florida ballot, if they make it to the Florida ballot for rec, you need 60% to win an amendment in Florida. Okay. So this would have failed. This count's not final yet, but it's 59.8. This would have failed in Florida. That's hilarious. If it made it to the ballot. Before last night, no rec measure had ever got over 60%. It happened because of New Jersey. New Jersey was almost 70%. Right. right? That was a lock. But Arizona is a sunbelt state, right? Uh, judging by the results of the election, it's maybe even less mm-hmm. red than Florida, right? Um, so that just tells me, it got me a little bit worried because talking about the eventualities, if Florida gets to the ballot for 2022, it's not going to be a cakewalk. Mm-hmm. Getting over 60 is hard, 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 hard. And they couldn't. They didn't even do it in Arizona. We'll see what the final count is, but just something to be aware of. Okay. Um, let me speed through the rest. Uh, should Mississippi establish a medical program? 75% yes. Okay. Love to South see Dakota. it. South Dakota. Uh, Montana, should Montana legalize? 56% yes. Uh, Tiny state, by the way, like less than 600,000 votes. But I'll take it. Good to see it. Beautiful state, Um, nonetheless. I don't know if you've been there. Montana? Never once. No, no. It's all like mountains. It's gorgeous. About to get a lot more beautiful in my books. Uh, Because you guys are... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They also set the legal age of cannabis at 21. Um, that passed with almost the exact same number of votes, 57%. New Jersey legalized marijuana. 67% of the vote said yes. Um, Oregon legalizing uh, psilocybin, which is interesting. 55%. Yes, it passed. Oregon decriminalized all drugs with 58%. And South Dakota got rec cannabis 
with 54%, and they got medical cannabis with 70%. What does that tell you? It tells you medical marijuana is a hands-down banger winner of an issue, 70% plus even in Missouri, sorry, not Missouri, Mississippi. Mississippi. You can go as deep red as you want. You cannot beat medical cannabis. That hey. shows me it's an event. People are going to notice this. The politicians are going to notice this. Right. That's the good news. Right. It's not going to change anything, you know, overnight, but you better believe they're going to see this poll. Right. 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 So we will get federal medical cannabis legalized in some form or fashion. Rec is still a little trickier. Mm-hmm. But really good showing for medical. I mean, that's that's how it starts, right? And then you, most medical programs, you know, my opinion on medical programs, at least in the Western world or like North mm-hmm. America, it's that I think it's essentially just a quasi rec program, to be honest. It can be, right? Depending on the oh, for sure. It, and and typically they start. And strict. I'm basing this off of what happened in Canada. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right, I 2014, mean, you need a real mm-hmm. ailments. 2017, right? You know. My boredom hand hurts. Yeah, boredom. <laughs> exactly. You know what? I'm not being stimulated. My eyes aren't all the red time. enough. Exactly. But I'm not like I'm not like being all, all like stimulated all the time. Like I just feel kind of yeah. down. Oh, here's some weed. It, it's it, look. It's certainly a, a movement in the right direction, right? Mm-hmm. It's part of the process of getting to rec cannabis. So right, very positive. Mm-hmm. Let's get to some questions to finish it off. Um, I, I thought it was fun to take. Oh, sorry. Last thing I want to say about this whole election thing. Um, you know, we talk about different eventualities and different possibilities that I really want to hammer that home. Cannabis was cooling off big time. September was cooling off big time. We did an episode on like, Hey, I I know I said, uh, you know, election trade, it doesn't seem to be happening, but I still have hope. And here's why I have hope. Right. We did that whole episode, right? Oh yeah. You're talking about this year. Yeah, yeah, this year. Sorry, this year, this year. I, I, for some reason, my when you say election, when you say cannabis cooling off, I instantly think 2019. Right, you're still scarred mentally. Oh, from the, Jesus, the great cool down, mentally, the ice age, like, the yeah, cannabis ice not, age. Not mentally, like so, fiscally, I was scarred. Yeah, yeah, you and me both. So, um, <laughs> but I just want to point out what turned the ship around. Kamala, Kamala Harris, Harris. Yeah. Ten seconds in a debate, looking in the camera and saying, "We will decriminalize marijuana," right? What else happened from there to where we are today? Nothing. Nothing. Yeah, but that's substantial. The vice president candidate yes. and the leader of the free world looks yes. directly in the cam- yes. camera and says, like, I got you. Yes, that's right. She was saying it directly to me. I did feel that way. But <laughs> the point I'm just making is, like, you know, the debate after Biden had a chance to talk. Like, they asked him about drugs specifically. And he talked about drugs. He talked about rehab. He never mentioned you know, decriminalizing marijuana one time. So he had the opportunity, had ample opportunity passed on it, right? All I'm saying is momentum is what investors decide to pay attention to at any given day. Sure. And even though the industry was still strong, it was cooling off big time, Go, you know, before that moment where Kamala mentioned it. She could have let it go. She didn't have to mention that. I heard from somebody else that that was sort of a hedging strategy. I'm using I'm using paraphrasing by saying it's a hedging strategy by having the vice president or the can, the the candidacy of the vice president talk about cannabis. Yeah, it was a good way if let's say it didn't pull well right. to be like, well, it's not a Biden topic. It's a way of getting it out there without yeah. putting it on the candidate. Exactly, I agree. That That's is absolutely true. Yeah, but I also believe you know Kamala Harris was the sponsor of the More Act. Right, that is one of the most 
progressive pieces of legislation we've ever seen. Right. Right. Her official stance was to legalize. Mm-hmm. Right. When she was running, you know, at the beginning of the whole process. Right. Yeah. So all I'm getting at is that different realities. She didn't have to say that. She could have not said that. Right. Um, and the market might have the cannabis stocks might have kept cooling off. Mm-hmm. So that turnaround that we saw now everyone's like, oh, yeah, of course it makes sense. New Jersey or right. Like that that could have not happened. We could have seen the stocks co- keep cooling off. Right? right. And I've always said I keep I'll keep saying it. I like that. I do better as an investor in markets that are going down, not up. I'm not good when the market's going up 10 percent a day or 5 percent a day. Right. Right. At that point, I just look around and say, do I have do I own what I want to own? And am I right. OK if this keeps going? Right. But I'm better when th- when people are running away. Right. As an investor. You say that. I say that until they run all the way away. And then I'm yes, like, oh, exactly, don't leave me. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Take a, my shares. Yeah, exactly. Until <laughs> April 2020. Uh, yeah. Maybe late March, April. Yeah. The one look, guy's like, Manish, don't leave. You're like, I'm out of here. I'm bro. out. I'm the last one to leave the <laughs> yeah. party. No way. I, I stayed in the party. Turn the lights off as you go. Okay. Yeah. So uh, last point is we're going to do a whole episode on this, but I think the conclusion, the so what of this election, um, I think it's more of the same, honestly. Mm-hmm. For, so I think that's bad for Canadian LPs because that means they're stuck in Canada, no coming over to the US. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's good for US MSOs who are already established. I think this deepens their moat. And I will also say it's good for us as investors. Um, you know, we talk about the golden age of cannabis investing. That was two episodes ago or whatever. I think this will extend the runway we have to be able to accumulate names that we like while mm-hmm. other people are just not paying attention. Uh, I think capital will continue to flow in like you're seeing with this GTI deal. Um, but it's not going to come. The floodgates are not opening up today. Right. It's going to take time. Right. And I kept saying before two years, three years, that could be five or six now. Who knows, right? If we get lucky, it could be two or three. It could be five or six years. But I know it's coming, right? And I have some period of time to be able to take advantage of the inefficiencies in this marketplace before they get figured out. Right. So that's what I think right now, more of the same. But we'll come back after we digest it and, mm-hmm. and, and talk more about it. Yeah, it makes sense. Okay, questions. Um, first question is from Alex. And uh, to distill his question down, he basically pointed out, hey, people are really excited. These are all pre-election questions, by the way. He said, people are really excited about New Jersey and then New York, but social equity could easily hamper New Jersey and New York. And I agree with him. I fully, fully agree with him. Um, I think social equity is more important than ever. Yeah. I think people are are not going to just let it slide. No. Um, and, you know, uh, for good reason, right? Right. Um, yeah, it will definitely be a struggle. It will be a fight and it will be, what I will tell you is that the way I look at it, it makes existing infrastructure, existing licenses, existing stores mm-hmm. more valuable. The The certainty premium I put on those things is higher than it was previously. So okay. if you're in New York and you have, you know, your five stores, I think it's, I can't remember what it is, but you have whatever, a couple stores and you have your grow built out. I put a lot of value on that more than I would have before maybe because um, who knows what's going to happen with the licensing structure, right? Okay. Uh, But I will say with New Jersey and New York, I think you're going to see, like I I don't think we're going to miss legalizing it again, right? 
I think everyone is in the spirit to make a deal. I don't think they're going to punt for another year. It just, they cannot afford to keep kicking the can down the road. And now New Jersey is going to point to New York. New York's going to point to New Jersey. They're going to say, listen, if we don't do it, they're going to do it. We're going to, you know, we're going to be losing out. Yeah. So they'll figure out a way to make this work. I agree. I agree 100%. I mean, like, look, I, I do, I, look, social equity is definitely going to play a role in how uh, the success of the states go. But mm-hmm. I always look at, like, those two states, they have massive addressable markets. 30 million people. So a little of a lot is still a lot. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. So, and and I think there's money for everybody, like money for everybody here. Social exactly. equity should get a piece of the pie. 100%. But the MSOs are going to kill it in those two states. For sure. For sure. Kill it. And, you know, just on the theme of the episode, different possibilities, you could see a possibility where, you know, things go really far left and, um, you know, they get shut out. They go, no, 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 it's only social equity. Those medical guys, they only get to do medical, right? Right. I don't think that's going to happen. If last night proved anything, it's that America is more conservative than people thought, right? Um, even in places like New York and, and New Jersey. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't think that's going to happen, but be aware of the possibility. For sure, for sure. And uh, to address, America's more fiscally conservative, I'd say. Absolutely. Uh, okay, last question here. It's a really good question from Anil. Um, Anil's a friend of the show. He he writes in often. Uh, love hearing from him. So this is actually, a, he sent this uh, over a week ago, and uh, I think it's it's timely to, to kind of uh, discuss it. He says, look, people all think the Democrats are going to win the Senate and things will explode, but right. maybe not. Uh, the MSO ETF, uh, you know, that was the one that's on the NASDAQ, has access to NASDAQ capital, didn't do much. Um, and the and real change takes time to see the results. Also, the current investors, right, are scarred from what happened over the last two years, and they'll take profits. So even though things are, even if we have that green light, which now we don't have, right, things could move sideways. So his question is, what do we do as investors? If we see green lights and things are sideways, do we back up the truck? Do we hold with a wait and see approach for the numbers to pan out? Um, Or do we hold a core of names and then trade around the excess basically? Mm -hmm. And first of all, I I think, I mean, it's really interesting to see like, you know, Neil's thinking about a reality where look, we win the Senate, but we still, you know, things could still be not as bullish as we think. Well, now what do we do in this reality where we didn't get the Senate? Right. Right. So it's just funny to think about, see how the different things pan out. But I think he makes a, a really good point, which is that um, I, I've said many times, I think people overestimate what could happen in two to three months and underestimate what could happen in two to three years. For sure. That's very well put. And I think Neil will, will appreciate that. Yeah. And I, like to... My answer to this question is um, I think we I think the the best strategy right now from my perspective is a hold a core and trade around the excess. I have names in my portfolio, uh, Green Lane, for example. That is a trading name I bought um, because of the way I work. There's value to that name. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good company. I didn't want to get stuck holding a dud. Um, so and and that look look at what happened right the green lights aren't there, I'm still holding green lane and I'm okay. They're gonna have their earnings in November. I think right. it'll be relatively positive. I can hold this company for a year. I don't want to, but I can. I can. Mm-hmm. It's not an issue. They've got forty million of cash. They're not going anywhere. Um, but that is a trading name for me. Right. Right. I don't have to get every penny out of that name. I hit a certain number. I start selling. 
right? I move on to something else. That's for me, I have the core, which are like some of my privates. And then, you know, a name like GTI, um, it would be hard for me to sell out of that name, right? Because that's my that's my my green chip name. Um, I don't want to let go of that easily. Maybe I'll trade a little bit around it, uh, but I won't let go of it totally. And, right. and sorry, uh, last point on this, I forgot to mention this episode. One technique that I'm I've tried, I, has, I haven't actually been able to do it, but I've tried is um, thinking about my shares and blocks and, you know, just using easy numbers. Let's say you own a thousand shares or something, right? Um, thinking about it in terms of like, hey, if I want to sell or buy, I'll do it in a block of 5%. So if the price seems a little rich, maybe I'll sell 5%, 5%, 5%. And if it, se- if it seems beaten up, maybe I'll buy 5%. And what that does, it, it allows you to take little nibbles and kind of head yourself always um, without making a huge move in either direction. Well, yeah, I mean, that, that, that's a strategy we, we talk about quite a bit. I've tried that in theory, sorry, but I've... I've it's tough. It's, it's it tough, tough to, to actually... Execute. Exactly. Yeah, and, and look, let's take one step further. That's a position you already own. It's a little bit easier when you already own the position. Let's say you're entering a position. That's okay. why I always say mm-hmm. buy half, Yeah. right? Totally. And then watch the stock and then buy half li- a little totally. bit later, right? So like if you want to put 10 grand into a, a deal or a stock, put five in and then put the five out. You might not catch the full upside, but you might also be able to lower your cost base, right? It's a good hedging strategy, right? Um, and the other thing that I always say, which I don't practice, why I've been able to practice in the last little bit, is up double sell half, right? right. That's one that I really wish I always do. Mm-hmm. But um, it's tough. When you're up double, you're like, oh, buy more. Yeah, and I'm not a huge fan of up double sell half. Um I understand. I get it, right? But well, the, you're just de-risking yourself. You know, no, no I, I, that I understand. But uh, I guess um, it depends on the name. It depends on the percentage. It, that is a is a good discipline strategy. Up yeah. double, sell half. Uh, it's like if you golf, right? Mm-hmm. It's a like course management. That's all it is. It's like, <laughs> it's, listen, you're just trying to inch course the ball management. up, right? Course <laughs> course management is very important. I would be a good golfer if I had better course management. I'll yeah, okay, yeah. fair enough. I have terrible uh, course management. I, here, I thought it was your long game that was the problem. No, my long game is good. It's my short game that's brutal. <laughs> so so um, to finish this question off, uh, Anila, I think – so by the way, Abby, one of the – you mentioned you know buy half instead of buying the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I really, really like that strategy. I'll even sometimes buy like a third or something. Yeah, yeah, whatever number and, you th- – like, just don't – if you if you, mm-hmm. like don't put your entire position right up. Right well, here, and here's why because there is a um, – a sort of emotional, com- I mean, obviously emotional component to investing, but you can get very excited when you think you found a good deal. Oh, for sure. Right. And you just want to go out and buy a ton of it because it's going to mm-hmm. go up, right? Yeah. And then God forbid it actually does go up and you're like, oh, my, I should have bought, bought more. Right. Yeah. So, but what I've learned is that uh, just like people in your life, right? Like you can meet somebody and they seem awesome, but if you've only met them once and you've only known them for, you know, a week, how well do you really know them? Right. That's how I feel about companies, right? So sometimes people ask me, how do you have so much conviction about XYZ company or why do you know so much about the company? And it's like, because I followed it for two years or three years or, you know, my knowledge of the company is going to be so much better after six months than it is after six weeks. Right. Because as you know, right, I whenever I meet with management or talk to them, I always ask them what's going to happen. And, you know, would you believe it? Every single cannabis company will tell you how amazing next year is going to be, right? Mm-hmm. And if they tell you, hey, in January, we're going to be doing this and this much in sales, right? Great. That sounds very exciting, right? I want to buy a ton. 
But instead you go, okay, I'll buy a little bit and why don't we have another call in January or February or whatever, right? And, right. and let's check in and see, does this company do what they say they're going to do, right? For sure. And if let's say, let's say the worst, as an optimist, let's say worst case scenario, they do do what they're going to do and you only put in half. Mm-hmm. You could look at that like, oh my God, like, you know, Missed I should out. have put in more. Totally. I missed out. It's like, no, no, you did miss out. Right. Right. You still got to participate on the upside. You had skin in the game. Mm-hmm. What you did was you protect from the downside yes. and you still have that cash to deploy. Yes, your cost base goes up a little bit, mm-hmm. but guess what? It's a de-risk deal because management has proven that they can execute. So when you ask them in February, well, what's April, May, June going to be? Mm-hmm. And they say, this is what April, May, June is going to be. You have a lot more conviction that they're going to hit that. That they're either they're full of crap or they're not full of crap. Exactly. Now you know what kind of people they are. Right. Right. Do they, you know, some people are overly aggressive, right? Some people are conservative. Right. Now we have a better read on that. Exactly. Right? And that's a good, it's, it's a very cheap way to figure mm-hmm. that out. And to, to wrap this episode up, that's really what we've been talking about is this idea of, um, you know, you buy something, suddenly goes up a ton. You know, you're like, oh, I'm a genius. Right. Right. But what are you going to do if it goes down a ton? Like, I'll tell you, it's so nice to be able to have cash to be able to average down in a name than be stuck just sitting there holding it. Okay. Right? Like, that's, to your point about the, you know, that that is seeing the different realities. Like, amateur investors, I'm including myself here, they, it's so easy to only see the one reality. You mm-hmm. buy the stock, it goes up 30%. You're like, oh, like, I'm a genius, but I should have bought more. Yeah. Right? It goes down 30%. Oh my God, this company's a piece of crap. What am I doing? I've, you know, right? It, everybody take a deep breath, relax. You know, the share price is in the short term voting machine, long term weighing machine. Give yourself some room in a volatile sector to be able to right. sell a little bit, take some profits. Doesn't have to be huge, but take a little bit of profits. Um, you know, if you don't have enough cash, right, raise a little bit of cash. Mm-hmm. And when it goes down, you know, average your cost down, right? That's a very effective strategy too. So, um, Anil, a couple of different ideas in there, but uh, I like the core plus the trading. That's what I'm sticking with right now. Um, but you make some good points here about, hey, everybody thinks X, but what if Y happens? That's the whole point of this episode. For sure, for sure, and and that and that's a very well articulated, really well worded uh, question, I'd say. So thank you, Neil. Yeah, Please absolutely. Keep sending them, guys. Cinpodcast at gmail dot com. Thank you, everybody. Until next time. This podcast is a general communication and entertainment being provided for informational purposes only. It is educational in nature and not designed to be a recommendation for any specific investment product, strategy, plan, feature, or other purposes. Any examples used in this podcast are generic, hypothetical, and for entertainment purposes only. None of Cannabis Investing Network or its affiliates are suggesting that the listener or any other person take a specific course of action or any action at all. Communications such as this are not impartial and are provided in connection with advertising and marketing of products and services. Prior to making any investment or financial decisions, an investor should seek individualized advice from from a personal financial, legal, tax, and other professional advisor that take into account all of the particular facts and circumstances for an investor's own situation. 
By listening to this communication, you agree with the intended purpose described earlier. Opinions and statements of financial market trends that are based on current market conditions constitute our judgment and are subject to change without notice. We believe the information provided here is reliable, but should not be assumed to be accurate or complete. The views and strategies described may not be suitable for all investors. Thank you.